0: to booch ball i'm your host alex joined as always by my lovely co-host freed how you doing over there freed hey alex good to see you again on the zoom chat we tied each other technically in picks last week we both went two and one why don't you go through the picks from last week just to catch people up on the week that was Absolutely.
1: First of all, we had a game, unfortunately, wiped off the slate due to COVID issues that happened to the Liberty program. So the Liberty Coastal Carolina picks, where we both picked Coastal Carolina, was wiped off the slate. Coastal ended up hosting BYU in a surprise showcase instead. And that was one for the ages. Coastal Carolina pulled it out. But we're not going to count that. You know, we both would have picked BYU. Let's be real. Definitely
0: both would have picked BYU. Yep we did not fair. take into
1: account the amount of travel you know it's it's tough to say that that was a fair playing field but at the end of the day coastal showed that they are you know they're legit and they're fun to watch so our first game of the week was indiana and wisconsin indiana pulled an upset on both of us with their backup quarterback jack tuttle and they, the defense held wisconsin to only six points wisconsin
0: is a mystery alex They are a mystery. They are a two loss team who is still ranked in the top 20. I feel like for a team that's two and two, has there ever been a two and two team that was ranked higher than 20th?
1: Surely it has when teams have faced a tough schedule early in the season, but we'll get back to Wisconsin later in the show. Next, we had Texas A&M with a come-from-behind victory against the Auburn Tiger War Eagles, as Alex likes to call them. Sounds like an animal from Avatar the Last Airbender. (laughs) But they scored 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter
0: to get that victory. I was watching that while cleaning my basement, and that was was a fun game to watch. I have to say, Texas A&M just wouldn't let up. They kept driving down the field. Kellen Mond was out there running the option. You know, Texas A&M, they, they, got, they got a scare from the Tiger War Eagles, but, you know, the Agriculturals came through in that one.
1: I was getting some text messages early in that third quarter saying that I'm way too high on the Aggies, but they came through. And just wait a minute, wait a minute, let it play out.
0: Hey, do you know what winners do?
1: Tell me. They win. Good to know, good to know. Moving on to our sediment pick of the week from last week, Louisiana Tech took down the mean green who just were not mean enough. Mm -mm. Big-time currency fan, ATM, missed the boat on that one, and Louisiana Tech rolled in a shootout. The Bulldogs. Yes, sir. And that was the week that was.
0: It's now time to transition to our first segment of the show. That is, of course, what we're drinking What we're drinking. All right, Freed, tell us what we're going to be drinking on this, the sixth episode of Booch Ball. We
1: got a special treat in store. This is GT's Sacred Life, a special edition blue kombucha to celebrate GT's 25th anniversary. And a what better day to drink Blue Devil Tears.
0: It's a, it's a little bit strange. We're drinking the limited edition 25th anniversary kombucha, but I saw it at my local store the other day. It has a very interesting can design. It's like, it kind of looks like a pressed metal ceiling, but on a, on it's a beautiful. bottle. It is beautiful. It's and beautiful. Michelangelo would be proud. Freed, the most interesting part about this kombucha is the dark blue sediment. I
1: I haven't inverted yet. Um, My refrigerator apparently vibrates a lot. So my bottle just isn't as clear as Alex's. I have a nice Tar Heel blue at the top and a nice deep Blue Devil blue at the
0: bottom. So Freed, we're drinking the limited edition 25th anniversary Sacred Life. I'm not entirely sure what the hell the 25th anniversary is. Is this of GTs? is this gt's kombucha started
1: in 1995
0: okay got it
1: you know we don't know if we're going to make it to our 25th episode so why put off till tomorrow what we can booch today
0: (laughs) i think that's a fair point freed all right so i'm going to go ahead and get my inversion here
1: do not shake see
0: as this lightish blue texture turns into kind of like a blue powerade texture Would you agree with that, Freed?
1: Oh yeah, it looks like blue Powerade. It looks like a a carbonated blue Powerade. And that's my favorite flavor, but I actually stopped drinking it when my dentist, Dr. Dolphus, told me it was staining my teeth.
0: (laughs) So I honestly have no idea what to expect from this. This is very vague. It kind of is a little, it's a little uppity from GT Dave, calling it Sacred Life 25th Anniversary Edition. For a guy who's so concerned about his image and about you know protecting the sanctity of kombucha, it seems like this was kind of like a money grab at a limited edition bottle. Perhaps,
1: perhaps he's very wholesome. You know, they live cast yoga. So let's let's get into it. <laughs> you know, let's see. I've got. I mean, I took a sneak peek at the ingredients. So what? Fight me about it. But still, I have no idea what this is gonna taste like, and I'm hungry.
0: But Free, before we take our first sip, let me just explain to you based off of the packaging here, based off of the label, why this is blue liquid. According to GT Dave, the reason this is blue liquid is not because it's a blue raspberry flavored Powerade, it's because of this. We believe the world's oceans are a sacred form of life We must all do our part to protect them. What the hell does that mean? No more peeing in the ocean, folks. (laughs) It's all over. As far as I know, this is going to taste like salt water. Maybe.
1: I mean, to be fair, we could all do our part to recycle a little bit more. We don't need trash islands floating out in the ocean. I've never been a big beach guy, though. I like the mountains. That's why I moved to Texas.
0: All right, Free, let's go ahead and take our sniff test here. Sniff test. It, it smells, smells pretty good. It smells like a blue powerade a little bit. It smells good. It smells like blue raspberry. All right, let's take our let's take our first sip. Time for a sip. Glug 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 glug. What are we drinking? What what, what, what are we drinking? I have no what is idea this? what this is. What on earth is this? Is this what Blue Devil Blood tastes like?
1: I don't know. I think it tastes more like Tar Heel Tears. All right, so we have our standard GT's kombucha base. That's our culture, our black tea, our green tea, and our kiwi juice. And then the ingredients that they add to give us that 5% juice that Synergy is known for. Coconut water, fresh-pressed ginger juice, and blue spirulina, which is that same algae we drank way back in the opening episode. The but that's what's giving it the coloration. Um, I have no idea how they found blue spirulina.
0: Maybe it's it's just a a different species. I'm pretty sure this is not what turns our ocean waters blue, right? Isn't wait is is the water blue or is it a reflection of the? It's the reflection of the sky that makes the water blue.
1: Correct. Yeah. So this is oh, and there's pure love. Pissing me
0: off, honestly. This is making me angry at GT Dave. Why? I I like
1: this. I I like this. I think it's cool. I'm all for saving the planet. I don't know where he found the blue spirulina, but I love drinking algae because I feel like we're not supposed to drink algae. And when I drink algae, it makes up for the pizza I ate this weekend.
0: How is this saving the planet, though? Explain to me how this is saving the planet. It's not,
1: but it's putting it in our minds and reminding us that every once in a while, it's okay to save the planet.
0: That's that's very high and mighty for GT Dave to say from his Beverly Hills mansion in California.
1: I'm sure he drives a Tesla. I don't know. It tastes pretty good. It's like it tastes. You you get the hint of coconut water. You get the the buzz of ginger. I mean, this kind of hits the spot.
0: All right. I I don't dislike it.
1: And the bottle. Uh, I mean, I would. Look at this bottle all day. I'll probably rinse this out
0: and keep it next to my computer. The bottle, it's an attractive bottle. I'll give you that. It's a nice piece. It it is nice. It's a statement piece from GT. Yeah.
1: I get this thing framed and put it in a shadow box.
0: (laughs) All right, Fried. Well, now the people know what we're drinking the limited edition 25th anniversary Sacred Life from GT's. Now you know what we're drinking. It's time to transition to our next segment, What We're Thinking. What We're Thinking. So
1: over the weekend, Boochball's social media presence really exploded when a, treat, a tweet by yours truly at The Real Freed went semi-viral <laughs> across the BYU social media platform. And it's a shame that those Mormons don't drink alcohol and this kombucha has 0.5%, which might be just too much for them.
0: You came to the defense of BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, did you not?
1: A little bit. I mean, there was a play where it was the last play of the first half, and Zach Wilson threw a pick on a Hail Mary, and number 94 for Coastal Carolina, who had a great game defensively, just took out his full arsenal of aggression on Zach Wilson. And he went from basically blocking Zach Wilson to just pile driving him into the turf repeatedly. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just had a simple comment to reply to a pro football focused video of the tweet, just expressing that number 34 was blocking number 94 dot, dot, dot wasn't. And uh, the BYU fans seemed to like it. I replied to my tweet and said, Hey, while y'all are here, check out booch ball. And nobody did. So (laughs) it must be that 0.5 percentage of alcohol. They're not big booch of boys in Utah.
0: So Freed, It's time for us to tell the folks what we're thinking here. I'd actually like to start by walking through my updated CFP playoff list, if you will. Let's do it. All right. So I've had some things change around here, Freed. Number one, I've got Bama. Of course. Big surprise. Number two on my list, I've got Clemson. That's right. Wow. Let's stop beating around the bush. It's Alabama. It's Clemson. They're the two best teams in the country. They're the two best teams every single year. All right. Let's not have any ifs, ands, or buts about it. Freed number three. Freed number three on my list is the Ohio State University, who had another victory this weekend in their game getting canceled against Michigan. We all knew how that game was going to end. Anybody who pretends like the Ohio State University wasn't going to just smack the ever-loving shit out of the Wolverines is just flat out kidding themselves. And I'm saying this to you in order to start beef with you because you've spent all your time telling me that BYU and Cincinnati should belong in the top four. I say, hell no, they shouldn't belong in the top four. It's the real teams, the teams that actually have recruiting presence and have all of the best players and have all of the best coaches because they pay their play- their co- well, and their players, but they pay their coaches millions and millions and millions of dollars to be the best in the business. Right now, that's Bama, that's Clemson, that's OSU. And sliding in at number four, I've got Notre Dame, even though I really don't like putting them there. I will give them credit for beating Clemson, um, but with a backup quarterback. They did not beat the real Clemson, the Clemson that's number two in the country. They beat Clemson that's maybe a top 10 team in the country with a quarterback who's a, you know was starting in his first game. Um, and then rounding out my top six, I've got A&M in Florida replacing BYU and Cincy. BYU, you ruined it for everybody. I'm not letting any other non-Power 5 teams near my top four for the rest of the year. That's you what know, I have Alex, to say about that.
1: It is a philosophical argument, and clearly we're on different sides of the line at this point. And the argument is who's the best team versus who's the most deserving team. And the college football playoff committee has to make a stand and choose which side of the line they're on. And when they release the new top 25, which – we're recording this on Tuesday night. It's going to be released any second, but we're not going to take a look until the end of this show. It will be interesting to see what they do. I'm sure they won't make any changes to their top four, top six, because nobody on their, in their top six lost. But to me, the Ohio State University has not done enough this season to deserve a spot. My mind on that might change by the end of the season, depending on what they do. But if they don't find a game for this weekend – Unless the Big Ten changes their rules, they won't be eligible for the Big Ten championship game. I'm sure the Big Ten will accommodate because if they don't, the championship game will be literal hot garbage. <laughs> I mean, it's already not going to be a good game. Ohio State's going to beat whoever they play. But to me... exactly. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're the best team. If they play six seven games of which one or two are against ranked mediocre big 10 teams they do not deserve a spot in the college football playoff over somebody like Cincinnati who goes 11 and 0 and beats three to four ranked teams in the process on another note I get where you're coming from by putting Clemson ahead of Notre Dame but to me that's too much of your Notre Dame hatred coming out right now. I think realistically, the two will settle it on the field. I have number one, Alabama, of course. We, we actually have not yet talked about Alabama on this show.
0: I know and nothing about them except that they're Alabama. until they have, lose. Until they lose, I don't care about them, and I'm not going to watch any of their games. Until they lose... I don't care until the like, That's until the That's
1: point. very valid. And I was gonna say something along the same lines. I was gonna say, I have you know multiple friends who are Alabama graduates and I feel for them because they don't get to enjoy the Alabama segment of Boochball. Not that they listen to Boochball, but if they did, and it's just because they're so good, we really take it for granted, but they really are really good. And I just wanna say that at some point on this show. So they're number one, they're the clear number one until they lose. Number two, Notre Dame, they'll play Clemson at the ACC championship game, and we can decide who's the best then. To me, if Notre Dame keeps it close against Clemson, they'll be in the playoff. If they get blown out, they're out. So no, Notre Dame is not a lock for the playoff. But as of now, they're number two. Once again, as of now, when I do this ranking, it's to me who's most deserving at this date and time, December 8th, 2020. And in the three spot, I know BYU lost, but I still have Cincinnati up there. BYU losing does not correlate to Cincinnati being bad. Second of all, BYU lost to a very good team in Coastal Carolina who would beat pretty much anybody in the country other than maybe six or seven teams. Let's just say that they're a legitimately top 10 caliber team. That being said, BYU was at a disadvantage. They had to travel all the way to the East coast on short notice. They probably weren't fully rested. You know, if that type of game had a little more time and maybe, maybe they arrive on Thursday instead of late Friday night, which I'm assuming when they arrived, things might be a little different. Also the teal turf, has major major mullet vibes. Mormons, <laughs> mullets, rivals, Catholics, convicts—in every sense of the terms. What number four right now? I have Clemson. Did you, did you take offense to to equating Mormons, Mormons, mullets to not Catholics, convicts?
0: My question is just how is Coastal Carolina good? And I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm just saying how. I'm asking how they're good.
1: They run. They run a very unique offense. It's essentially a modern triple option. And you know how, you know, when you play the service academy, they're a tough team just because of that triple option. You're not ready for it. It is able to allow lesser athletes to essentially tactically best more physical and more athletic opponents. And Coastal Carolina is running a modern day version of that triple option which is way more multiple than a standard triple option where they're just running the ball. They're doing it with passing. They're doing it with play action. They're doing the triple option type stuff with motion pre-snap. And they run a lot of concepts where one time they'll do something, it'll be a run. Next time they'll run essentially the same concept, but then they'll end up throwing off of it. So there's just a lot that comes into defending them. And their true freshman quarterback has been playing amazingly. He's a true dual threat, only had offers from Coastal and Army, and he's playing great football. They have a small, undersized running back. He's very fast. They say 4'4 four, four speed. He actually reminds me a lot of you, the way you played flag football in college.
0: Wow. What, a, what an honor. I think, uh, I think just because of you saying that, I, I think Coastal Carolina is my new team.
1: Maybe one day we'll find a pass-catching center that reminds me of me. (laughs) 160-pound center, also the team's leading receiver on (laughs) checkdowns.
0: That would be a revolutionary offensive scheme.
1: Yeah, that would be wild. And illegal, Um, probably. But let's be real. In the trenches, Coastal Carolina would get bullied by the SEC teams of the world. But they held up well against the BYU team that has a lot of big boys in there on the trenches. So moving on, on my college football playoff list, I have Clemson at four, and yes, I'm putting Coastal Carolina, as of now, fifth on my list. If the season ends today, they are more deserving than anybody else. They're undefeated, they've beaten ranked Louisiana, who beat number nine Iowa State at home, they've beaten App State, they beat undefeated BYU, I'm talking about who deserves to be highly ranked right now.
0: There's time. Follow the money, Freed. You have to follow the money here. It's not about. I'm just saying who the best
1: teams are. That to me, this is how I do my ranking system. It is. This is how I'm doing my ranking system. Florida is behind them. They have a chance to beat Alabama and jump them. But to me, Coastal is at five, Texas A&M's at six, Florida would be seven.
0: I think this just kind of reinforces why the playoffs should get expanded. Um, whether or not it happens this year, uh, I I don't think it will. I don't see it happening this year just because of the amount of effort and moving shit around that's going to have to happen in order for that to be expanded in the middle of a pandemic. This year especially well, has proven why we need it.
1: You know, one thing we've learned this year is that games can be scheduled three days out, and that should revolutionize college football. Maybe we don't schedule the full season out. Maybe everybody leaves two weeks open and teams pick and choose an out-of-conference game to benefit them or something that will just be fun for later in the season. And on another note, I am maybe going to be a fun killer here, but if anything, the playoffs— should not be a thing this year. It should be the best two teams, the champion of the SEC versus the champion of the ACC. Those are the
0: only two teams that genuinely deserve a chance at the championship this year. Well, Freed, now you know what we're thinking. It's time now to transition to our next segment of the show, the Kombucha Canes.
1: These tears taste great, baby.
0: (laughs) Kombucha Canes. And now a phone call from Alex's grandpa. I didn't watch the game, but it looks like we just won it.
1: You yeah, did watch the game; it was sensational.
0: <laughs> no, they I didn't.
1: They had a seven foot four senior in there, or you know, a freshman in there for Purdue, and we were down by twenty points in the first half. We came back, and we won the game. They played great.
0: Oh my gosh that
1: was without 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 and without Chris
0: likes. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I, I knew that Wardenberger was out. I was i actually just talking with my friend right now and he was he he just told me that Chris likes was out for that game. We just we assumed yeah, right. that it was over. We we went off and I I was kind of keeping track of it during the first half and then I, I kind of wrote it off. It, but we won the game. All right. <laughs> All right. Never well, I write
1: our team. never write our team. That's team. right.
0: That's right. I learned my lesson.
1: That's right. Exactly. All right, pal. Talk All
0: right. to you later. Sounds good. Bye, Grandpa. bye <laughs> That was a shout-out from, uh, from of the Grandpa week. McGuire. Alex's grandpa. Mm-hmm. Grandpa McGuire keeping a close eye on the Miami Hurricanes basketball program.
1: Our senior basketball correspondent, Alex's <laughs> grandpa.
0: <laughs> Very much so a senior basketball correspondent. The Miami Hurricanes advanced to 3-0. and Uh, With a 58-54 win over Purdue, who would have thunk it?
1: Wow. Good for Laranega. Good for men's hoops to do that with likes on the the injured list tonight.
0: Kombucha Canes Part 2. Freed, the Canes came off a double bye week. The first one in maybe program history during the regular season. Not sure if I've ever seen a double bye week happen like that. Uh, but instead of getting hit by the bye week blues, the Canes came by and just put an utter smackdown on the Blue Devils. It was really it turned the Blue friendly.
1: Devils into the Black and Blue Devils after oh, that.
0: Wow, very, very true. They were bumped and they were bruised. Manny Diaz, at this point, starting to put some of those. I mean, at this point, he's he's put away the whole bye week thing for the time being Uh, after beating uh, the blue devils um, after beating NC State State
1: last time we squeaked it out and you know what we came out real slow against Duke too though and that's just the product of being out that long I mean the first uh, play of the game on offense Jalen Knighton fumbled the ball the next drive uh, King and Knighton had a little miscue on a transfer fumbled recovered it but that ended up causing a uh, short you know, three and out. But yeah. after that, first of all, it's a good thing that Duke is really really bad because Duke had two short fields to start the game that they just did nothing with. And from there on out, it was apparent that the defense was going to dominate. The offense stopped eating popcorn on the sidelines, started taking care of the football, and you knew it was over real quick when you saw that Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche were basically
0: unblockable. It was over midway through the second quarter. I felt bad for the blue devils they got th- they got thrown into a wood chipper the a c c should have set up a game between Miami and Notre Dame. Notre Dame plays Syracuse one and nine Syracuse in a just utterly boring who gives a shit game. Miami played against Duke in just a barren, empty aluminum bowl. It looked that stadium looked like. A toilet, like one of those prison toilets, that like doesn't have a lid. It's just like a metal bowl. That's what that stadium Ew. looked like, just empty with just shitty football being played in the middle of it. Shit everywhere. But, yeah. but you know,
1: Canes fans really needed that. I mm-hmm. mean. It was nice to just have a nice, relaxing night of football. Yep. You know, during that first half, you're watching the end of Coastal and BYU, just enjoying that game. I had a pizza. I had, a had couple some kombucha beers. I to digest drunk. it
0: with. I was pretty celebratory. I was pretty drunk and celebratory by the end of the first half.
1: Yeah, I don't remember a lot of the second half.
0: I was drinking a sip of sunshine beers. I found out midway through my second one that they are 8% alcohol content in um, a like, one and a half. It's like a pint-sized 8% alcohol. I have finished my second one before I even glanced at it, and I realized, oh boy, my sister's boyfriend brought them over. I was not ready for those to hit me like that
1: yikes yeah i was i was hanging out at the crib watching football by myself just on one on twitter going off
0: (laughs) going viral all right free we've got a very exciting matchup going into next weekend with miami taking on the tar heels i would argue this is probably this is probably the most exciting game we've got lined up next week
1: absolutely this this really is the game of the week next week i think i mean This is Miami's toughest test other than Clemson, you know, bar none. And I've been going back and forth in my head on whether or not I'm kind of scared for this game.
0: As a long-suffering Miami fan, I am always scared before every game. I was eh, mildly scared against Duke. I thought that game was going to be a lot closer against Duke. Miami is ranked number 10 in the country. We're 8-1, coming off a big win over Duke, but an expected win over Duke. Uh, we're coming up against the Tar Heels, who are 7-3, and three, ranked 17th in the country. Uh, but earlier this season, they were ranked as high as 5.
1: UNC has been almost Wisconsin-esque in their mystique this season. <laughs> They've looked so good some weeks, Yet they also lost to Florida State. They lost the to Florida State. They lost to Virginia. Eastern Florida State,
0: I understand anybody losing to Florida State, even this year with the with the kind of players that they that they have. I understand really? losing to Virginia. It's a team that Miami loses to all the time. We just didn't happen to lose to them this year. I feel like North Carolina looks this year yes. like what Miami has looked like the past five years.
1: Take a deeper dive into that win loss record and separate the home from the road. They are not the same team outside of Chapel Hill that they are inside of Chapel Hill. But let's be real, they have some weapons, on the on, especially yep. outside at receiver. They've got three yep. studs at wide receiver. They've got Sam Howell, but their defense is going to struggle.
0: Miami and the Tar Heels share some similarities as far as their record goes and as far as who they're winning and who they're losing to. But I would say the big thing that has separated a team like Miami and Tar Heels of this season is that Miami hasn't had a quarterback as good as Sam Howell. I would say Sam Howell is the type of quarterback for North Carolina who is going to go down as a North Carolina legendary quarterback.
1: You're right. Sam Howell is going to be a he's a guy there. I mean, he'll probably be an NFL, you know, player. But for right now, for what it is, I think he and Dierick King are on the same page as the tier 1b you know, college yeah. football quarterback. Yeah. It's not a Justin Fields. It's not a Trevor Lawrence, but they're in that very next tier. UNC also has two studs at running back. Both of them are in conversation for the best running back in college football right now, realistically. Mm-hmm. Their skill players are something that Miami can't touch. Other than tight end of course, you know, we are tight end you.
0: Maybe yeah. we don't have maybe we don't have a great wide receiver, but we've got two of the best tight ends in the country, which Kind of makes up for it. We're not wide receiver U after all. We are tight end U. That's correct. Of all the U's that we could be, though, I would rather be quarterback U or running back U. Tight end U kind of isn't that impressive.
1: I mean, when ESPN did their you know college U list, I think it was last off season when they calculated all the NFL stats and pro Bowls and touchdowns Miami was on the list for pretty much every position other than offensive line and quarterback and tight end is the one that Miami dominates but they're definitely in the mix especially on defense a lot of different positions and a lot of these NFL guys that were really making their impact The impact was felt earlier in the 2000s, and they're starting to fade now. Mm. But there's a ton of wide receivers and running backs in the league, even punters
0: and kickers. Oh, we are punter you at the moment with Lou Headley once he goes, woo, Freed, now the good people know what we're thinking. It's time for us to check in real quick with the Bucha Barometer. Bucha Barometer.
1: I don't taste a lot of ginger when I'm drinking it, but I taste it in my burps.
0: Hmm. That's interesting i I don't think I like spirulina that's what I don't like the kind of i don't taste the spirulina mm. I don't think you taste it it tastes like I definitely coconut do, because it tastes like the multi green it tastes like the multi green it has that's why there's such a big change in the sediment really?
1: it's a little it's a little, bottom. a little weedy
0: yeah it's a little it's a little weedy it's a little not even weedy it's just like it's like chalky it's kind of
1: uh, I like it. This this is good for me. Starting I to feel that point five percent alcohol too. Getting a little I think this buzz. is a
0: fun novelty. I think it's a fun novelty. It's a fancy bottle, um but there's a reason this is a special limited edition and not a an, an everyday flavor. I'd buy it again. Well, hey, that's the duality of man. So, Fried, that was a quick look at the Butcha Barometer. It's now time to transition to. Our third and final segment of the show, who we're picking. Who we're picking. All right, Freed, tell us what we've got lined up for the slate this weekend.
1: We've got a special slate of ranked games once again. we got Wisconsin at Iowa, a couple Pac-12 showdowns, Washington at Oregon, and USC at UCLA. And for a special sentiment pick, Western Michigan at Ball State in a battle of four and one MAC schools.
0: The Broncos versus the Ballers. or Are they the Mustangs?
1: <laughs> Ball State. I don't know what they are, but I do know that NBA great Bonzi Wells is an alumni of Ball State because I when I use the to Cardinals, play, it,
0: but I don't. They know are the
1: sure. Cardinals.
0: I think they, I know that their mascot looks like a Cardinal. I don't know if they have like one of those Chanticleers type names.
1: When I was probably 10 playing NBA 2K3, I came across Bonzi Wells and saw his school listed as Ball State and thought it was some sort of a typo. And from that point onward, whenever I see Ball State, I associated that with Bonzi Wells. Who's Bonzi Wells? He was like a not that great NBA player. His picture had a, like a bald head and a headband. I remember the screen vividly in my mind. <laughs> he probably averaged like seven points per game for like six or seven seasons. You should look him up.
0: All right, Freed. Well, let's tell the good people what we're picking here. But before we do that, actually, I actually owe you a couple bucks because I lost the last booch bet. Tell me how much I'm Venmoing you this week for the limited edition Sacred Life. Two
1: ninety nine.
0: Two ninety nine. That's not bad.
1: Well, you can add tax if you want.
0: I'll give you three. How about that? Yeah, so, free. there's a special deal going on at the Elm City Market here in downtown New Haven, Connecticut. There's a two for five from GT's Kombucha. It's usually anywhere between four to 419. So I'm saving up to 52%. I went out and bought about eight Kombuchas. All right, Freed. Well, let's continue to look to the week ahead here. We've got our first game on the slate, Wisconsin at Iowa. Wisconsin, 2-2, two and two, but still ranked in the top 20 going against Iowa, who's ranked number 19, who is, I believe, only has one loss on the season. Who you got in this one?
1: So we talked about this a little earlier in the show. Wisconsin is a conundrum. They've played four games. They've scored in the 40s twice and in single digits twice. They're averaging like 28 points per game without scoring in the 10s, 20s, or 30s. And that's tough to do. They looked like world beaters the first couple weeks, and now their offense can't even score touchdowns. I think Wisconsin is all out of wax. I'm going with the Hawkeyes of Iowa.
0: Ooh, going with the Hawkeyes. All right, Freed. The Badgers are going to earn their place in the top 20 this week. It's a crazy year. Those Iowa Hawkeyes with their mazes of corn falls over. Just, I think the Badgers are going to get this one. They're favored in the matchup even at Iowa. I am going to be taken The Badgers. I, as a Miami Hurricanes fan, am afraid of the Badgers. I know that they're not in the upper echelon, but as you were talking about before, with those teams that are in the one A and one B, just like how there's quarterbacks with one A, one B. Wisconsin's traditionally in that one B conversation. So even though they might be having a kind of a weird year, who isn't? I think they're going to start. They're going to right the ship with this win. So Wisconsin over Iowa. Freed, our next game, we've got two in a row over in the Pac-12. Our next game is Washington at Oregon. Who you got on this one?
1: I'm going to turn the tables on you, Alex. I want you to go first.
0: Oh, okay. Why? Did you think I changed my pick at the last second?
1: I don't know. Just making sure. (laughs) Make sure you're playing fair over there. We're going to have to have a recount.
0: All right, Freed. I've got the Oregon Ducks taking this one at home over Washington. I know literally nothing about either of these two teams, but fuck it. I'm going with the Ducats.
1: All right, Alex. Both of these two teams are coming off losses. I'm with you there. Going with the Ducks.
0: Ducks go marching on. Moving south down the Pac-12 highway. We've got a matchup of two teams from the City of Angels. It's USC at UCLA. I'm not even entirely sure how USC can go to UCLA, seeing as they're in the same place.
1: Well, if you drive west from Houston on I-10 for about a jillion miles, what will you see? UCLA, baby. Chip Kelly is going to pull the upset.
0: Oh, I didn't even realize Chip Kelly was coaching for UCLA, you know? I've got some I've got some history with USC. I got an ex-girlfriend who went to USC. And if you can't beat them, you've got to join them, Freed. My ex-girlfriend from USC broke up with me while she was in college there. If you can't beat them, join them. It's the USC Trojans getting the win.
1: Not even gonna make a Trojan reference on that one, Alex.
0: <laughs> Good. Thank you for not doing that. All right, Freed, tell us what our sediment pick looks like this weekend.
1: Let's head to the great. Mid American Conference. We've got the Western Michigan Broncos heading to Indiana to face off with Ball State. These guys are both four and one. I don't know what the state of the MAC is right now, but you got to think this has MAC title game implications.
0: Freed, what do you say you and I drink the sediment here at the bottom of our limited edition 25th anniversary Sacred Life Blue Spirulina bottles?
1: Can't wait. Cheers.
0: Cheers. Blood, blood, blood.
1: Blue Devil blood never tasted so sweet.
0: Just <laughs> <laughs> burping throughout that. There's so much blue spirulina still at the bottom. <laughs> it's gross.
1: The gentle I'm, version needed a little bit more aggression.
0: I don't know. I'm very burpy this episode. Is it the spirulina? Or this has this been a very carbonated. Before?
1: I've been a little burpy too. It's carbonated, heavy carbonation. And yeah, I like I'm that very in very a spirit. booch. All right, Alex.
0: Well, just, well, Freed, much like your favorite player from the NBA 2K franchise, Bonzi Wells, I am going Ball State, and I'm saying it here first. If Ball State loses, I'm shaving my head and taking a picture with a headband.
1: Oh, baby, I love that, and I'm right behind you. Go Cardinals, if that's what <laughs> Go they're
0: Cardinals. called. All right, Freed, well, we've got a uh, we've got a nice little split going here. Um, we've got three going the same way. We've got – no, sorry. We've got two. We've got two going one way, two going the other. So, Fried, it's time for us to set up the tiebreaker here between Miami and North Carolina. We're going to pick the score, and whoever gets closest to the uh, the over-under final score, that's who's going to win this one. So who do you have in the tiebreaker, and what's the final score?
1: I've got Miami. not going to bet against the Canes especially at home. If this was in Chapel Hill, I would probably be going North Carolina. But the way Miami came out and played against Duke, I think they're going to be able to pull one out in a high-scoring affair. I'm going with 38-31 Canes.
0: <laughs> oh, Freed. I changed nothing from my tiebreaker score from last week when I picked Miami to beat Duke 38-30. to I have the Canes beating the Tar Heels, thirty-eight to thirty, which means I have taken I have unsuspectingly taken the under in this game.
1: According to the ETF bot, the number to beat is beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. sixty-eight and a half.
0: All right, that's pretty spot on. I think I I think the actual over under is like sixty-seven point five this game, um, which I think it was pretty close to that last week as well. But it is six.
1: 67 and a half we are locked in i i did not look in. at the over under prior to making that pick that was all gut with my newfound nine billion roommates living in my gut
0: speaking of those nine billion roommates living in your gut free it's time to once again check the bucha barometer bucha barometer tell me about your experience this episode drinking the GT's Limited Edition 25th Anniversary Sacred Life Kombucha. God damn it, that's a mouthful.
1: I like this, Alex. I like the bottle. I like the color. It's fun. It's unique. I like the flavor, frankly. It has a nice light coconut water type flavor. It also has a nice ginger kick that goes down smooth, but when you start feeling that carbonation in your chest a little bit, it reminds you that there's a little bit of zing in there. This is a good kombucha. I actually really like this. I would drink this again. I'm gonna give this an 8.1.
0: Wow. Freed, I think that's the highest rating you've you've given a, a kombucha.
1: It is, it is. My previous highest rating was the healthy lemon ginger. Which I gave a 7.5.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking of the kombuchas that I've really enjoyed. The healthy Ginger Lemon, which I also had again this past weekend because it's one of my favorites. It's literally like medicine. Uh, the Gingerade from GT's, also one of my favorites. The Multigreen was. One of my least favorite tasting kombuchas. I gave it a 4.9 because I could at least appreciate the healthiness factor. Last week, we had the super berry, which I didn't love, but I still gave it a passing grade on far as my scale goes. I gave it a 5.9 out of 10. Freed, I am going to say that I enjoyed this ever so slightly more than the Superberry from last week, but not enough to land this in the upper echelons of the sevens. So that's why I am just going to give this the slightest nudge up, and GT's 25th anniversary Sacred Life is going to be getting a six from me, dog.
1: Six flat, all right.
0: ETF five bot. Why don't you go ahead and add up the final score here, so we can see where the Sacred Life slots in to our top picks. Seven point
1: zero five.
0: Freed, how does that work out? What was our Superberry score?
1: Superberry ended up at six point eight. At seven point zero five, this slots just above the Brew Doctor Superberry and moves into third place.
0: I'd say I'm happy with that.
1: Yeah. I like where this ended up. Um, to me, this was, was pretty much on par with the other ones. You know, I gave it a little bit of a higher score. Um, that's for my taste, but I think realistically, my taste might be a little skewed upwards on this flavor because mm-hmm. obviously I don't mind the Spiralina taste. I actually like the GT's green, So I'm pretty happy with where this ended up. I think it's, uh, I think it's good. Just the two of us today, you know, we didn't get a chance to give your grandpa a bottle of this. We didn't know he was calling in.
0: I wish we had known. Good old Grandpa Jack McGuire down there in Key Biscayne, Florida.
1: That is our senior Canes Hoops correspondent.
0: <laughs> all right, Freed. Well, thank you once again to all of our boochies and our boochers for tuning in to yet another episode of Booch Ball. I've got to hop so I can watch the latest episode of The Bachelorette. but Freed, What do you have to say to everybody out there?
1: Everybody, have a great week. Enjoy college football. If you've been asking me to do spreads instead of picks, we tightened up the spreads for you this week. So our winners, you might as well just take them for the spread if that's what you want to do. But for now, enjoy Boochball. Tweet at us. Tell us you listen.
0: And as always,
1: stay cultured. Peace.